Hi, and welcome to the patron cast of Those Good Old Fashioned Values. I am your main host, Tive, uh, joined by your other main host, Andy, aka Exonarcoanon on Twitter. Uh, hello. Spencer's not here today because he's too busy harassing bisexuals on Twitter. <laughs> and we are joined by um, our very special guest. Uh, you'll, we, you will recognize them from, was it Family Guy 11? The Alan Gregory. Episode. Alan Gregory. Oh my gosh, what a treat! Uh, we are bringing back our friend Bozo. Uh, say hi, Bozo. Hello, it's it's a, it's a me, Bozo. I I promise to talk more this time. Uh, no, Andy made that very clear when I joined. If I didn't talk, bad things would happen to me. So we'll try not to cut you off too much uh, to um, give you to give you the time to butt in. Uh, today we are talking about the show that you guys requested we go over, which is the wonderful Wonder Showsen. Uh, from MTV. Is it Chosen or Shousen? I, th- I um, thought it was Shows. It might be Shousen. I, I think it's Shows. Okay, yeah. I, I, I'm dumb then. All right, continue. Yeah, we are talking about Wonder Shosen, which is the topic that was voted on uh, by our patrons for the last month. And what are we? What are our thoughts on it? Or actually, should we should we describe what it is for people who maybe haven't seen it? Yeah, I think that's probably a better okay, start. So, you know, F, you know, Avenue Q. What if it was like random? Uh, be- that's a little mean no I, and I i enjoy the show but basically the the premise is i mean before everyone was doing that kind of shtick like everyone on adult swim was doing the whole you know too many cooks gimmick uh wonder shows it's, was kind of it, it's, it's like, like before, a parody of it's like before tim and eric like yeah. kind of set the bar wonder shows it was kind of it's like it's like the proto version i guess the best way to describe it. i don't know I, I i feel like this is probably a lot more structured than tim and eric yeah. just in the sense of like it has a core gimmick um, right but so so the and that gimmick being it's basically what if basically a shot for shot or not shot for shot but like like very very t- taking the fundamental dna of the sh- of sesame street and like kid shows in that thing and then being like but what if we made it fucked up is kind of the the whole gimmick behind it uh, you know, there's there's a lesson for every episode. It has, you know, little little short cartoons. It has little, you know, on the street segments. They talk to kids. It has, you know, interviewing kids. It it, it really does feel like they were trying to ape Sesame Street's uh, style pre- pretty much exactly and then just build it around more fucked up topics, uh, except for one episode, which I, I want to talk about, in the, like, towards the end. Uh, All right. So, yeah, um, that's basically the gimmick. What are our thoughts? So I actually want to start off with something I want to say, which is uh, we've covered a lot of first seasons on this show. We've covered like eight or nine at this point. Um, I don't know if this is necessarily the best. It's probably not. But unlike even like our the, the best ones we've covered before this, like, you know, uh, Venture Brothers season one or It's Always Sunny season one, this feels like the most fully formed season of te- first season of television we've come with like not in the sense of like it's necessarily like perfect but it, it it unlike a lot of first seasons where it's like there are definitely growing pains there are definitely clear places with where i would change or cut this or add that this feels like the creators um had an idea um had an idea for a show and like they just did it. This feels right. like a very fully formed thing, which is um, yeah. It feels rare like they knew what if it will because I think they did hit on a pretty strong gimmick. It it really did feel like they knew what they were doing from the start. 
Um, or at yeah. least what they wanted to do. Uh, Bozo, what about you? Uh, do you have any thoughts? Well, so I... So, so a lot of these shows have a very kind of personal uh, attachment for me because when I was a very small child, I watched all of them, and they all like they all like affected my sense of humor. Specifically, it was a Tim and Eric uh, right. adventure yeah, brothers. That's, I don't think that that's particularly uncommon. Uh, those yeah. were, I think they were very formative shows for a lot of people. But with 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 this show, going back to it, I don't know. I I, I like it a little bit less. Hmm. I, I think because I, well, I feel like I feel like the episodes in a really weird way. I I, feel, I think what makes Tim and Eric and Eric Andre show and a lot and even Venture Brothers or a lot all those adult swim shows work so well is how short they are. Right. This show is straight up twenty two minutes every episode. I mean, to be fair, I I think that it's Venture Brothers. Is it not a full? Yeah, Venture yeah. Brothers, I'm pretty sure it was always 22 uh, minutes yeah. as well. Uh, but I, I do see what you're saying, where it, it feels like the kind of comedy where it'd be more easily digestible uh, if it, if you didn't have to sit through, like, 20 minutes of bits. And I, I do feel some of them do... Some of them are definitely stronger than others, and some of them are meant to pad out. Yeah. This would be a great YouTube series. Yes. Um, also, something else I wanted to say uh, about this. This is actually... This, this, episode, this show is a first for me on the podcast in that it is the first time I am covering something that I have not heard of at really? all. This is the first time I went into something completely blind. I had seen bits and pieces of here, but I've never, yeah. like, when I saw the name, it's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> for people people who don't know it, uh, like, off the top of their heads, you might recognize there was a video that floats around every so often that gets pretty viral of the blue puppet confronting the guy in the street. Uh, that's that's Clarence, and that is uh, an example of a bit from the show that you might not attach to Wonder Shows because I know a, I didn't. A lot of a lot of Wonder Shows like very, like has like a lot of weird famous stuff on the air. That like the very famous and very stupid that's racist gif like comes <laughs> with like the little oh, black child. Does comes, it really? Yeah, that comes the, from you know Wonder what, Show. You know what was the thing that? Or sorry, you finish. No, I was gonna say like it, it's just it, it, it's it's a show that I feel like everybody knows something from it. Like this, like the slaves music video or whatever like a lot of people have seen right. stuff from it but they've only seen it they've only seen it put into like youtube poops or whatever they don't know exactly where it comes from which is kind of funny the thing i had seen before this was um the 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 one of the scenes where it's um the kids interviewing people it was the one yeah, with the, gr- on the little girl street. on wall yes. street that that's pretty good <laughs> it's having now seen that in full context for the first time it's pretty fucking good um also, uh, for context, um, two, two things I think uh, that are worth establishing about this show. One is this was also created by the co-creators of um, Xavier Renegade Angel. Yes, and, which is another big of, adult swim uh, yes. cult classic. Very similar humor. It definitely, like, you could, I can feel their influence all over the show. Uh, I'm not super familiar with Xavier, but I've seen a few episodes. I, 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 yeah. really good. And, it's and it's, interesting. It's great. I would it, say also Xavier... <laughs> Oh, sorry. No, I was just—I was going to say—it has the feel uh, that I think a lot of the the bigger cult Adult Swim shows are, where it's like it's not always super entertaining to watch, but it, it's definitely it, it's it fascinating. Is, yeah, it's fascinating. It, yeah. it get, there's something about like the the structure and just like the gimmick of it that makes it kind of like perversely interesting outside of itself. You know. So, I would say that, Z- and I was talking with. Um, Bozo a little bit before this when we were hanging out in Discord waiting for the episode to start. Um, 
We we mentioned that like Xavier Renegade Angel is probably a funner sh- funnier show, but this is probably a better constructed TV hmm. show. Yeah, I um, can see that. The other thing is, unlike a lot of the other shows we mentioned, this actually did not air on Adult Swim. This yeah, aired it was on, on MTV, MTV too. which I think it I got pushed MTV. to MTV Two. Yeah, it was on MTV. Which is, uh, I'm assuming, where they send shows to die. Uh, but, um... Except, and, and I think, except like, for Nick Cannon's, Nick Cannon's Wild It Out is in, like, its 10th season of MTV2. I don't know why that show keeps surviving. I, I mean, if I had to guess, I would imagine that it's where they send a lot of the shows where they're either, like, low budget or they're not sure if they're gonna, uh... Like, if they're gonna survive, which would make a lot of sense to me, because this is pre- this is a pretty, I would say, especially for 2002, kind of a live wire of a TV show. The the other thing, and, and that ties into the thing of, like, even by 2000, like, for the 90s, MTV, Adult Swim took uh, very much the mantle of what 90s MTV had a lot of. You know, 90s MTV, you had Daria, you had Beavis and Butthead, you had a few other things. But even by the early 2000s, it was clear that, like, Adult Swim was the place you went to watch edgy and, like, alternative comedy, for lack of, like, especially yeah, I would say animated around, shows. Around like, when, like, Aqua Teen Hunger Force yeah. or, like, what, 12 Adventure Mouse. Brothers was yeah. airing. Uh, Space, Space Ghost, Space Ghost airing. big one. Yeah. Um, uh, can, so, not to, not to go back too, too far, can I just give my thoughts on it? Sure. <laughs> um, so, so... I feel like this is kind of a cheesy comparison, but what I kept thinking of while watching it was, like, the Beatles, kind of, where it's like, I I know, like, on an intellectual level that, you know, they are very good and, like, a lot of stuff I love took direct inspiration from them or took direct inspiration from someone who took direct inspiration from them. And I, I like a number of Beatles songs, but it's one of those things where it's like, I feel like I would have enjoyed this more had I not seen everybody taking, like, what they invented and, and, you know, refining it and perfecting it and, and put you know, bringing it into something that is more, maybe a bit cleaner or like more, more, yeah, I, yeah I, I more, more thematically consistent than the stuff they were going for. I don't know? know if I agree with that specific example, but there are plenty of things where I've felt that way of like, I have seen things that have been influenced by yeah. this. So this is like, not as cool. Cause I don't, I can't appreciate it for the, like I'm yeah, like 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 time. you can see this show in like pr- pretty much I would say to to a similar degree of like Tim and Eric in yeah. basically every Adult Swim show of the past like six years. Or whatever, yeah, you know, I, I I am glad I watched this. I think yeah. there were there were a lot of good jokes and bits and segments here, but it is definitely a better show than it is a fun. It's it's essentially smarter than it is funny i think in the sense of like i mean it had a really good concept and structure I it's smarter but it has it's it's yeah its message is interesting i i would agree with that i i'm a big dungeons and dragons fan it's not particularly its intelligence isn't super high but its wisdom is pretty solid yeah like, like yeah, what fair. what wonder yeah. shows it's trying to say especially about america is is, is interesting uh, what if it was bad yeah yeah but it's not necessarily the most clever or the most or the yeah. most subtle it's just which which is in a way i think kind of what makes it great it, it, I, I, in some instances i think it makes it great in other instances i'm it's... i'm also just uh i i'm a godless nerd and and i think i personally would have preferred it if it was a little bit more cre- clever and i think my favorite episode of the season is the one where they actually do take stabs at that uh ep- the episode eight the the finale of the first season uh, which we can talk about it's in more detail, favorite. but 
But I, yeah, I do think that there is, I, I don't think it is particularly clever. I think a lot of the stuff is pretty, p pretty, maybe not garden variety, but definitely like, it's not ascendant, well, like, uh, shock or, or fart or poop I, humor. No, I know? recognize that this is like juvenile, and yeah. but like, in terms of like the core concept of like, like doing a beat for beat, like parody of like Sesame Street and other that, but from like Dart is no, like yeah. a really good idea. It is a like, and it is a well executed. Yeah, idea. I'm not. I am not arguing that that is not a good concept. I mean, the Avenue Q is. I mean, one of probably like one of one of my top five musicals of all time. But but, and I I think that like that is not particularly uncommon uh, for people to to connect with that. But I I I think that. Yeah, within that kind of gimmick, a lot of their stuff just and ends up falling back on like, what if a kid said a fucked up thing, or what? <laughs> yeah, or uh, what? What if something fucked up happened to an to a kid? Or which is know? why, like I said, like I feel like yeah. it being shorter would somewhat work more because there are some. Yes. Like, there are a lot of spaces where it's like, oh, like you have a lot of really good bits in the beginning, but then we have the animated segment where it's just, hey, what if this messed up thing? You happened? know who did this exact same thing in like five minutes? You remember the green is a creative color, guys? <laughs> They're basically doing, like, the same milieu, but just in, like, a fourth of the time. And I'm not a huge fan of that, but I, I do think that, like, like... Like, I think that is what you are talking about doing, and I think it does work cleaner than Wonder Shows in. Uh, even if it's not as, like... I mean, one, it came, you know, 14 years later, and two, it's not after the first couple times where you're like what the fuck it's like all right like i get it but and yeah. and this doesn't just speaking of things that influenced i made a tweet about this earlier but um it doesn't just like limited to like um this show it's a lot of like the early 2000s adult swim and stuff like that lineup of like once you get past like later seasons of of simpsons early family guy like that like the stuff that aired on fox and go into more like interesting stuff there was a lot of overlap and, like, direct influence between that and sort of, like, oh, this is where all those those fucking, like, come town guys got their humor from. They just watched this. Yeah, this, Sam Hyde, Tim and Eric. You, there is definitely, you can trace a line pretty easily uh, to the current yeah, day. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, like, like, politically, like, hu not um, politically, but also, like, uh, humor-wise, the sense of it, like, being, yeah. like, often very uh, low-budget and poor. You can, yeah. Yeah, and, and no, just kind of scrappy, it's... and yeah, I I think you are totally right. Uh, um, so do we have any? Let, let's dig in a bit deeper, as as is kind of our want. Uh, let, let do we have what's any your favorite? Oh, go 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 go. What is of the main general? Well, I think we should go over each of the main skit types. That's there are a couple, what I was like, going with too. Yeah, so. The first is the, I would say, the opening skit where it's all of the puppet characters hanging around uh, in, like, a meadow or in some kind of, like, you know, low-budge set piece. Like and, a, like a, a Teletubby yeah. set. And, um, and they introduce what is loosely the theme for the show. Uh, which is, you know, on one day it might be, you know, Patience, which is the, the one that, that I am talking, like... Uh, going to bat for uh, one is space. yeah diversity uh yeah the ocean yeah so mexico. It, it's <laughs> mexico no that's not what it is it's birth um or is that space i don't know but it, it's it, it it does like that kind of sesame street thing where it's like 
it has, you know, kind of one topic to loosely unify the stuff going on in the uh, episode, but it's not really, like, a particularly strong thing, and, like, some of them have multiple kind of, like, you know, things that they're touching on, and it, it's it's just kind of, like, something to to loosely tie everything together, so, like, ostensibly a kid could follow, you know? And and I and I would say these are probably some of the weaker parts of the yeah, episodes. Yeah, I, I would go like. with. That. I think really the only one for me that worked particularly well for that was probably space or patience. Um, I I, I enjoyed. Enjoy, uh, yeah. Do we have anything? Yeah, Bozo. What are your thoughts? Uh, well, just going back to like the like the openings because because that kind of goes into like there's the opening segment, then there's the middle part where they introduce the puppets again, but at the very end you see the puppets one last time. Um. Yeah. I, I do think to, in most episodes it was always good in one instance, and then all the others kind of sucked. I do, I <laughs> do really do think the space one is probably the space one's great in the very beginning. Yeah. I feel like towards. The I, end, I do like the stuff in the spaceship too, though. Um, I like the stuff in the spaceship. It's the yeah. It's like the very end where I kind of start to lose it. But the white kid show. The, <laughs> the, the, the patience one will always be my favorite. Just. Yeah, entire, obviously, yeah. and we'll we'll get to what make that makes that episode so perfect. Um, maybe not perfect, but but so so much over so so above the rest of the episodes <laughs> because of like the the risk that they take in it. Um, yeah. So and then, what would you say is probably the second type? Probably the kids' interviews. You would think. Yeah, uh, those are probably my favorite. Yeah. Basically, they're okay. like, they give a question, you know, that's kind I think, I actually don't remember the question, what the questions are that well, like, may, I think they're somewhat racy, right? Uh, and then the kids just give, like, a fucked up answer to it, like, you know, uh, my, my mom and dad are dead, or, or I went poopy in my, you know, I, I went poopy on, on, on my friend's chest, or... Oh, no, wait, I was, yeah. I was thinking of the interview section. Oh, no, no, yeah, no. The, the, this yeah. one's kind of weak, yeah, the Q&As, because well. yeah. the Q&As are sometimes The Q&As, funny. yes. At other times they come off as just very try-hardy. Which is like, like, it, like you know, it's like, you know, what is God? It's like, you might get one funny answer, and then another will be like, oh, my uncle, when he comes into my room naked, it's like, oh, I get it. Yeah, my, my mom, when she when she touches my, my pee-pee, and it's like, all right, guys, <laughs> I I was on Newgrounds, too. Like, let's settle down for a bit. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, to be fair, sure, that is funny. this was literally before that. Well, you know like... what I, like, and again, that's what I'm saying is like, technically, I'm sure this was like, Maybe not groundbreaking, but definitely like not as stale as it's considered. You know, eighteen years later or whatever. Yeah, like if but, um, if I saw this but, like when but, it first aired, I might have yeah. been like screaming with laughter, what like, the a, like fuck? a like yeah. a monkey. I might have been clapping. <laughs> yeah, but in down. in I think watching it in twenty twenty, there is that kind of like uh, retrospective sense of of all right, let's let's get past this to work on the actual clever stuff, you know. Um, and it's, whatever. I mean, not to evangelize. It, it's not like shows back then weren't doing that shit. Like, <laughs> like, uh, I, you know, I, I live and die for Mr. Show, and it's like, you go back there and nothing feels d- dated in that, you know? It's not like, it, it's not like it was a whole different world of comedy. Um, but, yeah, I guess that's fair. But I, I, I think that that is a definitely a good thing to jump in, where it's like, yeah, it was probably not nearly as stale you know, 15 years ago as it is now. Um, so, and then let's get into the one that Andy was talking about, which is the Beat Kids, Kids on the Beat, uh, where they send a this child... This is my favorite. They send a child reporter to a, you know, set piece, a, a horse track, a butcher's shop, 
uh, you know, just Wall Street, Wall and they Street. and they have them ask adults questions that you know are kind of making fun of like you know what do you do but also are kind of like you know fuck the police you know you you are a servant of Malik and and all the stuff like that um so andy what do you have to say about it uh nothing except it's 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 just a, a very cute concept of just like children going up as like professional journalists and just harassing adults and yeah. being like hey the thing you do is fucked up how does that how does that make you feel and, and the adults often barely being able to contain their laughter and be like, I guess it is. Because, you know, you can't you can't tell a child to fuck off like you can, you know, a guy <laughs> holding a puppet harassing you at a park. Um, yeah, it is it is very funny seeing, like, the the adult... I mean, there's also something kind of cringe about it because it's like, oh, they're being really mean to these presumably innocent people. But there's something very except funny... Except for the Wall Street Except for one. the Wall Street guys. But there's something very funny about watching, like, you know, kids say, like, can I punch you in the face? And having an adult kind of, like twist their face around where it's like all right how do i react to this it, it's it's a funny it, it 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 never really gets old let's say I, I i do love like i think one of my personal favorite like moments from that is uh when they go to the they go to the racetrack and uh he he's they have him like sit next to the old man and you can tell he like behind the scenes they're like hey, put your arm around him or whatever and like just like to frame a nice like little yeah photo. and he's like he's like he's, he's, he's like, like uh creep. like why, why yeah. is this why is this creepy old man touching me Somebody fucking help yeah. <laughs> you see like the old man just like legitimately freeze up for a second yeah it's it's very whatever i i don't think this what i like what they were doing with it i'm also like very sensitive to, to cringe comedy and it's one of those things where it's like ooh, you know it puts my hackles up yeah, but i yeah. i i think strictly from like a intellectual sense of what they're doing it is it is a very good bit so, sometimes it does go too far but you know you I, when it works it really works for me yeah for sure let's talk about the puppet <laughs> the, i love the that puppet, puppet. The clarence that puppet's my the, favorite. the blue puppet uh, so in, in a kind of yeah in a kind of similar vein to the kids or the beat kids uh clarence the puppet who's just like the the naked blue puppet uh says you know do you want to watch my movie and then they cut to him and and presumably his puppeteer just going up to people on the street and generally trying to annoy them into either kicking his ass or saying the stuff that he wants them to say over and over and over again so I don't watch come or I don't listen to Come Town. Uh, you should. It's I funny. Just, you know, it's not. I should, but it's it's just something I'm always put off. Is this what Nick and Adam interacting is like? Because that's what that's what how people describe it. Uh, vaguely. I mean, I I'm not. I don't want to get too bogged down into like comparing this to other stuff. But I was I was just doing this for a joke. No, yeah, uh, for yeah. sure. There is definitely a a feeling of like semi playful aggression to the whole thing, where it's like. Yeah, it is a joke, but also, like, the point of it is to piss the other person off uh, in a very yeah, no, non-joke manner. This is an asshole walking around with a film camera harassing people in public places, and it's great. Um. Yeah, it's... And that, I will, you know, unpopular opinion, I think that it is a bit more hit and miss than the Beat Kids. Um, I would agree. Especially um, because there's something about the Beat Kids where, yeah, it does feel like, like Bozo said, there was prompting from behind the camera. Uh, that I'm actually, I would be interested in knowing, like, how into uh, the the production of this stuff, like, the people the Beat Kids talk to are sometimes. Because, like, like the Butcher, you can tell he was definitely pretty in on the joke in a way that I, I don't think a lot of the other people that they filmed who weren't part of the show 
were were in on it, you know, like playing along with the kid. But yeah, I I think that there is I I think that they there is something about it being totally spontaneous that makes the Clarence stuff a bit more hit and miss. Uh, Bobo, do you or Bozo, do you have any thoughts? <laughs> Um, I, I, like I said, I, I personally love the Clarence stuff. I, it's really, it really isn't a hit or miss for me. I, I guess I, maybe I'm like forgetting something, but it's just, there's something about humor where you're just being a piece of shit that I find inherently <laughs> funny. And it, I, I think, I, I, I love the, the only reason why, again, I love like the, the stuff with the kids and with Clarence is I think that's when some of their editing is the best. When it comes to comedy, I think editing is like, top tier stuff and the way they specifically in the i think it's in the patience episode but i could be wrong where he, he just goes up oh i, I forgot what it's not the patience episode, but there's an yeah. episode where the, the premise is he's trying to get people to get mad at the camera and no one is uh, so it, oh god i think he, that might be history i'm not sure but when he walks rest up to somebody, sure that he doesn't yeah, yeah the, the guy the guy is saying like oh you know I, I take anger management. You can't get me mad. And then as the <laughs> skit goes on, they keep cutting back to Clarence pushing that guy a little bit and a little bit more. Like it's just this great yeah. little like arc because they're combining it with all the other shit Clarence has been doing. They're not just showing it at once. Yeah, yeah. They. I mean, because obviously you have to imagine like they did all of those at you know the, like the entire thing and then moved on to a different entire one and then moved on to a different entire one. But they they do cut it together very very well to make it seem like. Uh, a, a single, like, a single event. I, I would say overall the show has very good, like, sense of um, when to cut in, in yeah. editing and its skits. Um, I, I, you know what? I And I'm usually pretty sensitive to editing. I think you're right. I did not, there was not one time in the show where I'm like, that cut was weird. I think that it was all pretty, at least serviceable, if not really good. Yeah. Um. Let's, I mean, the cartoons are a bit... More Hit or miss, yeah. but I at least appreciate having a variety segment. Yeah. And, like I think uh, one of them is like the segregation one. Yeah, and they're they're uh, kind of scattershot also, like just in terms of like how they do them or what they, you know they do a lot of different styles. They do, uh, you know, a lot of different like approaches to topics. Like it's not always it, it's not like a section so much of it as it is like just something that they use like uh, something to break up whatever is going on in that episode. It um, is it yeah. is something explicitly for variety, and I appreciate yeah. it for that, even if it doesn't always. Which work. Is, and that's honestly something that really like a lot of kids shows have not latched onto from like the the really. I, I think Sesame Street was big on that. Uh, I would argue Yo Gabba Gabba does it really well. Uh, I grew up with with little siblings, so you kind of have to learn that stuff. But I, I think there are, like not a lot of kids shows really harness the power of variety to to the degree that like the really good ones do and it's it's fun to see that like even in this mocking of that they're still like yeah like the variety was a very useful part of like structuring this pretty plotless show you know yeah no uh bozo any thoughts on the cartoons the the cartoons were some of the like like Andy said, they're a big hit or miss. But the reason why I don't think yeah. I'll ever consider them like the weakest element of the show, even though sometimes I really did want to, it's just like you said, like the, it it legitimately does help serve the show, and it never feels like like some yeah. of the stuff with like the Q and A's does feel like you didn't need to have this in here. I I, I feel like an episode, an episode without the animated stuff. I don't know. There's just there's just so much 
it's like a there's just a genuine effort put into it that you don't see in a lot of kids entertainment. You definitely don't see in a lot of adult animated entertainment. Yeah. Which for uh, all I would shows agree with that. I, I, I will say I, uh, the the one the one cartoon that gets me every time is D O G O B G Y N about the about good. the dog gyne- gynecologist. <laughs> that yeah, that one never really failed for me. Um, do but, Do you have a favorite bozo? I think it might just be the D O G O B G Y N. Like I don't yeah. I don't want to be like the person like hops out the other thing, but no, like that is the funniest no, one. <laughs> the it, dog just, running a, out and pulling out the placenta. It's such a perfect. Like, like it's such a perfect premise for a thing. It's just like, what if there was just a dog who went to people's pussies and like tried to eat the babies? <laughs> like, cause, cause the other ones yeah. I'm thinking of right now are like the one where the uh, is is like the is like the, the the Care Bear parody or whatever. Yeah, that one was yeah. that one. Was, that one I was did just... I did like the segregation one because uh, it felt yeah, more like a parody cute. of like old PSA cartoons, which is something that I think is fun when people play around with. Yeah, and, and especially, like, you know, the, the, there probably were, like, if you go back and, and look, you could probably find, like, some fucking animated PSA from the 50s being, like, segregation's good, folks. We need to, you know, we need to, something separate but equal. Um, yeah, I don't really have anything else to say. Yeah. Uh, Can we talk about the section that I, I think is kind of the weakest? Uh, and I'll, I want to see if you guys agree. Sure, what is that? The funny, not funny? Yeah. Yeah? Are we... That felt like something they should have done for an episode instead of every episode. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I only laughed yeah. once at it. I think it was in the first episode. Well, because it, 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 it is, I think, the most that show ever leans into. And it gets close at times, but I think it's the most it ever leans into the, the whole kind of dead baby joke sensibility where it's like, mm-hmm. the joke is that, haha, you're looking at something fucked up and we're saying it's funny, which it Th- is... This feels like, <laughs> yeah. these feel like a, an animated joke that would appear on YouTube in a playlist with like Charlie the Unicorn. Yes, and, like... for sure. Uh, the laser compilations videos like like that like it is the most like immature uh early 2000s youtube thing uh early 2000s new grounds and youtube like yeah. energy to it and i do not mean that in a kind way sometimes yeah, th- i do but not this ex- time there's like an exact bit and it like legitimately just pisses me off every time i it. i forgot which episode but they're doing the funny not funny thing and they just show a picture of like a dead cooked dog it's like oh that's uh... That's so oh, awesome. No. That's so cool. It's it, it like you said, it's their most like, you know, dead baby kind of try hard moments. Yeah. Which I again, I, I think that for the time period it was probably not as played out as it seems from for a contemporary viewer. And, but And while while like the segment itself is like, you know, not great or right. super funny, at least they're usually pretty short. Um yeah. It's not like they they make you hang around for like five minutes with these. Um, yeah, they don't play it backwards. It's pretty nice of them. <laughs> well, do we? I mean, do we want to save that for more? Speaking of talking, but or going backwards, do we want to dig into patience? So, so patience is. I haven't seen season two, so I don't know if they do anything as high concept as this uh, before, but. It is, I think, my favorite episode because it is the only one that uses, like, the the gimmick as, or the premise of the show as a joke the whole way through, where, or, or, or it builds itself around, like, a, a single, uh, 
metatextual joke in a way that I think if, if this show was really leaning into kind of the stuff baked into its premise, it, it would have, it would, it would try to have more fun doing uh, often, which Bozo, do you know if, like, do you remember if they do it more uh, later or if this is just kind of like a standalone thing? No, they, they do it a little bit more later because I actually yeah. watched a little bit of season two today just because I, I just wanted to see what it was like from my memories, but they do play up, for example, like the second to last episode. I, I'm pretty sure there's actually, I think they knew they were going to get canceled. And um, <laughs> the second to last episode is them running out of funding. So they have to play a bootleg version of their show from like oh, China. And That's great. And then the second to last episode is Clarence having to go into the street to argue about what makes television art and like what oh. is prestige TV. And yeah, see, I. Yeah, I. I think that that is definitely like I, I kind of suspected that they they would go a bit more in that direction just because it's something that works so well that it would be insane not to. But the premise of the joke is basically it's an episode based around patience and how patience is good. Uh, and for the first about 10 minutes of the episode, they they do a lot of bits that are, you know, that rely on like that kind of. I mean, I'd say Family Guy as a point of reference that we all know, but but that kind of humor where it's the joke comes from the fact that they are stretching it out for so long that like it it kind of breaks your uh, anticipation and then loops back around, uh, and then <laughs> halfway through the episode when that's over, they're like, "Listen, we know that people's patience were tried uh, by." the first 10 minutes of this episode to apologize and to erase all the hurt. We're going to play the entire thing in reverse. So it's like, we're scrubbing it away. <laughs> um, and, and they do like, like, as well, yes, as well, like, like, make that too. The like they, they play the whole thing in reverse. They never like play, like it played in reverse, like two bits and then like cut off. Like, haha, that's just a bit. They go through the whole thing. And yeah. And for TV at the uh, time, that's insane. No, it, it's amazing. It's, it's one of those things where it's like you, you see, and it's like, the the confidence that they must have had in their product to do that is is the stuff that like only the best comedies like like the really the greatest stuff are able to like stuff like Community which we've brought up before uh, I'm pretty sure Seinfeld did it like once like like all of the really good shit are like being like okay we're going to make this episode purposely not funny to serve a larger framing joke uh which they do i think kind of undercut at the end because they do like a whole two minute like okay this is what the episode would be like it was if it was really fast and did that work for you guys i don't know mm, it was okay i guess i think um, it, 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 I, it was I, like I, a i feel like for them it was probably just like oh like you probably can't just end it going in reverse. You have to give them a little bit of something. That's just kind of have right. like, this little fast-paced moment. And yeah, like, the final shot, know, the... I do love, where the little girl's just hanging on the... They they, they do, like, a kids on the beat, and they take it to, like, a gym, and she's, like, going up to people. Yeah. And there's there's one great guy, who she says, what's what's more important, brains or muscles? And he's like, brains. He starts hitting his... No, he says, like, muscles, no brains. Then he yeah. hits his head. And... That was that was one of the funnier jokes. Uh, it's it's such a visual thing that sucks where I can't put it in. But they have like a they're like which weighs more a pound of muscle or a pound of brains, and they're just asking guys at the gym, and they have a, a score like a, like a tally for each. And someone and so like when they say you know brain brain goes to one, and when they say muscle muscle goes to one, but then they have this one guy who's like muscle. And it goes up and muscle for sure, and it goes up again, muscle, muscle, and it goes up to like four, and then he's like, no brain, and the and the brain goes down. (laughs) (laughs) 
and then they kind of I, I was supposed to say one last thing they kind of pull it back to the original message of patience at the very end where uh for the final shot they have a really big buff guy holding the little girl around like he's like hanging on to his bicep and he's lifting her up and she says all right so that's been kids of the beat thanks for watching and then like 30 seconds go by and they just never say cut the guy is just staring at the camera like nervous because he's starting to like lose energy and holding her and it ends right before like you can tell he's he's, he's going to drop her probably and i feel like um, that's a nice little like way of bringing it back to like the whole patience thing yeah for sure so going going back to what ty said uh like a few minutes ago at the start of the patience thing i feel like this episode is is a sign of something i've heard which is that like you know, th- this show does understand that, like, to break, like, the rules of comedy, you have to at least understand them first. Yes. Um, like, to do something like this, you have to also understand what makes a good joke in the first place. Yeah, I, I, I do think that they're all pretty established, or maybe not established, but they, but they know their way around the joke. Uh, and especially, you can see, they have a lot of pretty solid comedian guest stars coming on, so it's like, it's clear that they... The other really good comedians like Galifianakis, uh, we saw even in this one, um, Amy Sedaris was one of the, uh, uh, the the princess lady reading the story. Um, I, I'm looking on the Wikipedia, it says, oh shit, John Glazer is on this. Uh, I'm, I think David Spade's in this, not David Spade, yeah, I think uh, Daniel Cross. David Cross, David, David Cross, Cross is on season, yeah, they, so it's clear that like, they had a lot of cachet in the indie comic scene, which, I mean, love them or hate them, a lot of them know their way around a joke. Uh, and so I, uh, I think that you definitely... people would go like, on to work on, like, Tim and Eric. Like, it all kind of, like, yeah. leads into one another. Yeah, absolutely. It's... Hollywood is very uh, incestuous. Um... <laughs> Who could have seen that coming? Hollywood, Hollywood insider Bobo coming through. Um, I, I said this to Andy before we started, but I, I said, oh. I said uh, lat, for going back to the last episode I was on, Alan Gregory, you know, that show felt like something that was made for somebody on Little St. James, like something they would watch. <laughs> there are times where one of the shows, in, wonder shows, it feels like you're being put into the brain of somebody on Little St. James. Yeah, it's I can speci- kind of see that. Specifically, during, there's like, I think it's an episode two or three where they introduce Tyler, the perfect kid. And it's just like, it, that's this, me, like, actually. That's it's about like me. this weird, like, just sexual shit they do with this child and it's it's, <laughs> it's awesome which i shouldn't say that but it's legitimately yeah, I, really funny you heard it here first folks bozo loves molesting <laughs> it is so funny dude um, when they have him in that robe so funny yeah no but i i think you i think that is definitely a, a very funny comparison you can make because a lot of those guys on Little St. James, it feels like, I mean, one, they look at kids in a weird way, and two, they are very, very random. Um, also, they're puppets. Also, um, yeah, also, they're all Muppets. I, I, yeah, I don't know if you if you know this. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein is actually just an arm puppet on Jeslane, uh, for Jeslane Maxwell. A uh, little known fact. That would be awesome if that was true. That would be so cool. Wasn't he, isn't he dead? Yeah, it's because they had to retire his puppet star gone. <laughs> yeah, after Jim Henson died, <laughs> Epstein was never the same. Yeah, it just wasn't funny anymore. It wasn't cool. Uh, what, yeah, what, so... What, oh, sorry. Oh, no. I I honestly... I do not know where I want to hit next. Uh, does anyone have any topic that they think they want to touch on uh, before we have to scramble to find something? 
there's this there's just one element of the show that I noticed, and they kind of they kind of up it in season two, where they just kind of stop trying to hide any of their uh, errors in filmmaking. For example, I think it's the episode. I think it's the episode birth. Where, uh, like the yeah the first episode of the season. Yeah, the uh, yeah yeah the the little like the eye gets pushed through the uh, the, the, the the vagina, the little like baby. And you can see the guy, yeah. you can see the guy's face who pushed it through. <laughs> and there's another episode, I forgot which one, it's, I think it's the Imagination episode. They they imagine having sex with the puppet, and you can see the puppeteer's mouth, like, <laughs> right, like, up like, the one that. side of the camera. Oh, oh yeah, that, that reminds me, like, all throughout the Clarence segments, like, there's always at least one shot where by the end of it, you can see the puppeteer's arm. Oh, for just sure. Just for, like, a spritz. Um, and also, you... it's not as, like, a visible thing, but my, the Clarence stuff I love, where you can hear, uh, when, like, they have a particularly funny guy, you can hear the puppeteer smiling behind his voice. Uh, that always kind of, that brightened my day. <laughs> there's, oh, there's a great Clarence moment for, like, I think season two. I keep remembering season two's parts, and I'm sorry, because we're not really talking about season two, but somebody just, like, rips his eyes off. And then throws them oh, away. No. And the puppeteer legitimately just starts to get nervous. <laughs> great part. Yeah, it's one of those things where like it, it's very funny, and I think that whoever is is puppeteering Clarence like knows how to handle himself. But if you're doing that, you got to be afraid that like one of those people is going to try to kick your ass. Like Eric Andre gets thrown in jail for his shit, you know. I mean, impatience. You see the one person tried to like a backwards kick <laughs> to the puppeteer. So he's probably yeah. like been like I mean he's definitely been shoved and like <laughs> the the fisherman yelling for the police because yeah. he's being harassed. Um, I'm just I'm just imagining Clarence like just like he the puppet like literally behind bars like he's still like grabbing on like let me out of here I didn't do anything wrong I know my rights yeah. I know my lawyer I would yeah it's just the Eric Andre show but just with Clarence like someone kicking his ass and. Him breaking through. That'd be great. Yeah, the the puppeteer breaking through a desk with Clarence on his hand. Uh, be very funny. Was it in Was it in season one where they, where Clarence goes to Harlem? Yeah. Yes. Yeah that 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 was actually one of the harder Clarence moments for me to go through. It's just the part with like the they ask the guy about like race in America and he gets legitimately like kind of choked up about it. And Clarence is like, anyway, um. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy just like cuts off and it's yeah. <laughs> it's one of the hardest things to sit through and typically i could do cringe stuff but that was the clarence stuff dips into people. cringe a lot uh like more than even you would expect from the premise but i mean when it hits it definitely does hit um you know i actually have another thing to talk about if you guys don't sure <laughs> so what one of the issue, and I don't want to be one of those like you know satire without a clarity of purpose, blah 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 people. But what one of the things about the show is it's hard to see when like when the issue at hand uh, is like, or when the when the premise of the show is like, well, what if it was fucked up if a kids show said this, or like, well, what if we you know went into this revealing truth about this shit, which like I, I feel like every adult you know. <laughs> Uh, adult animation or not animation but like adult comedy creator like kind of wants to do in their heart of hearts uh the big thing that kind of made it difficult for me was uh one of <laughs> revolving around one of our famous or one of our favorite uh topics to talk about which is uh transphobia but 
I was wondering. Oh. Not the not the normal way. Uh, <laughs> the surgery. Yeah. The so in the episode Nature, uh, the big kind of frame plot revolves around um, Mother Nature selling off nature to a uh, tech company to pay for his uh sex reassignment surgery into like a father nature type guy with a beard and you know there's a lot of the the very funny jokes you would expect of like you know well i know what's natural and you know this is natural for me and i'm perfectly natural and it where it's one of those things where i mean obviously i have a personal stake in it but it i did not know where the line they were riding between what if it you know this is a fucked up thing for a kid show to say. And like, we're trying to make a point about like how, how people like people like this think that it's natural and like make a big deal about it being natural besides the fact that it obviously isn't. Uh, and, and it, it made it, that was one of the tougher things to stomach. Uh, I want to know your guys thoughts though. I, okay. So as, as the, the non-trans person, Nicole, I, yeah. I probably have a different perspective on this in the sense, my, my takeaway from this was simply that like, yeah, this is just being dumb in 2002, but at the same right. time, I didn't feel like they were trying to say anything. I just, I just, it just felt like, like they probably had never met a trans person in their life. Oh, no, obviously. And, and, and we're just going off of here shit, and it's just, it's just them being dumb. And it's like, yeah, this is, this is definitely awful, but I cannot imagine a show handling it particularly better, especially in this era, but, you know, it, it's still not great. Yeah, I I think that that is definitely, and again, I I am not one to yuck people's yums about this stuff because I think that like obviously it's it's not cool, but I think a lot of people get very trigger happy on the subject when it's sometimes you gotta live and let live with like these these dated comedies. But yeah, I I think a lot of it came from, I think it came from ignorance more than a lot of those similar jokes did, especially because. You, you don't often see people making those kind of jokes about trans men. You know, it, it's... That is true. It's, maybe it's, it's, it's just because... Usual. Yeah, maybe it's just because they had the Mother Nature thing that they had to go off, but it, it, it's unique in that way where it's... Because you normally... I mean, it's the other way because the idea of, like, oh, you know, a man being sneaky uh, and, and, you know, being a perverted is is more... Shall, shall we say... Uh, enticing to these people's sense of humor than than the other way around but also this is kind of fucked up but i'm thinking over in my head does does wonder shousen literally have more trans male representation than any of the seth mcfarland shows yeah probably uh, <laughs> i mean i i i honestly i am not uh what the best one to comment on the representation argument because uh, i am famously bad at uh it's just it ties bad yeah i'm Um, I'm famously bad at being at everything um no i'm i'm famously bad at like knowing who the crews on on shows are what do you have anything to say about this uh i was just gonna say i I agree with ty there were moments where i don't want to be like a sensitive sally but there were moments where i did have to like skip ahead of some of the father nature bits because they just felt kind of <laughs> strange and they, they just for me i think it just comes from a personal thing it, it i can i know people who have those kind of dangerous beliefs that right. would watch this and it would just maybe reinforce it for them and i don't think that was the writer's like 
point. I'm like, I, I agree with Andy, uh, Andy. They were just trying to like be edgy. I don't think they really were trying to say anything deep or really give a big message. In a way, you could even argue that they're trying to maybe make fun of those types of people. They're like, oh, it, it makes fun. You could, you could, in a very loose way, argue that's making fun of transphobes <laughs> and calling them like, I guess you could say black and white it's it's i'm trying to say my, my words are coming no out I, I no i see what you're saying where the idea of like they, they are taking it to such a logical you know like it has such to an be illogical extreme yeah uh, like everything has to be yeah. natural that at the end it's like oh she's natural again it's it's you yeah you i argue that's trying to poke fun of that like maybe maybe the argument is like well, well nothing's inherently natural you could say i like, want just what you choose i want to believe i want to believe that but I, 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 oh, I don't. Yeah. I just think like I, I, I yeah, can't. No, I, yeah. Oh, sorry. No, no, you go, you go. No, I, I think you're right, and I mean not to dig into the nature of comedy in this, you know, Family Guy podcast, but I, I think that that is one of the trickier things with people who make it their eth- like ethos to divorce comedy from any type of political leaning, because like, I, I, I think it is a good idea to say that like you know well comedy isn't just saying the true things because that's led to some truly dog shit comedy but but it's also one of those things where it's like well what you find funny is obviously going to be informed by your worldview and that inherently like encompasses a lot of what you know what your political views are because like that's how your political views are created in the same way that you know your enjoyment of comedy is created and I mean, the personal is political, folks. Let's let's you know, let's throw that out once, and we're not overusing it. But but it it does make it kind of tough. Where it's like, at some point when you're watching a comedy and something rubs you wrong, like you you do have to sit down and examine, like, well, what do I think the intent coming from that was is, and and if you're on like the level of irony that you know this show or you know maybe not come down, but like definitely the the shows that as Andy was talking about earlier, like influence that kind of comedy. It is tough to kind of parse what level of irony we're supposed to be viewing it on, you know, and and that and that can make it tough to analyze what makes you feel good or bad about watching a specific piece of comedy. Uh, thoughts? Sorry, I rambled. But... So, no, no, I I... I, I, I guess the only thing I can really say is like. You know, we, we, this is a show from 2005 and it's it's it's. I guess is it you obviously have to to some extent judge it, you know, from a to a different standard because it is a different time period and jokes like that would be way more okay. Right. But I think the the thing is, would the creators make that that kind of joke today? And I'm, um, I, I, don't, I, think, I don't even care about their personal politics, but I mean, like, I, I think it's an issue of figuring out where the or where the show is assuming the what audience the intent is, of yeah, the joke is. or even just like okay. what what the audience is assuming that or what what the creators are assuming that the audience will see the joke as you know yeah mm-hmm. i i don't know it's a very obviously you know we're three you know early 20s dumbasses on a podcast we're not gonna fit you know pound it out now but i i do think it is something some something that is needs to be considered when you are trying to appraise comedy in the way that we are doing right now as you know even as shitty as we might be at it as we are um i'm t- i'm talking like too much like an asshole i'm sorry no no uh, do we do we have anything kind of 
over overriding overarching that that we want to dig into also or do we want to kind of start spinning it up rapping uh, i uh do you want to talk any more about like the cameos and guest appearances um yeah i on the only one i noticed in this season uh was amy sedaris but apparently they got christopher maloney they got john glazer uh they, i i this was more cameo light than it appears season two is but like yeah season yeah but i mean do you have anything was, that you wanted to bring up I, about it uh, no i was just like you know it i i feel like th- this is actually well actually i do uh, in the sense of like i think they don't really use the guests great because one of uh, one of the things that, like, Sesame Street, uh, you know, in its long format does is have, like, its guest spotlight throughout, like, an episode. And, I and, and like, I feel like you could have had that with, like, the celebrity interacting with the kids more and, like, as a reoccurring gag. Uh, or, or have them be, like, reoccurring with, like, the puppets and part of that story. Um, you yeah. Know, I, I, th- I also do think there is something to the idea of, like... I mean, even if these people were not obviously as big as they are now, like, I'm assuming a lot, like, they could only get some of them for limited time. Like, yeah, yeah, they sure. didn't have, yeah. like, they had, like, an MTV budget, and then season two, yeah. they have an MTV2 budget, so. Really <laughs> oh, I have, I have no doubt that the budget for this was, you know, $2 in a, stu- a shoestring or whatever. You know, it, it looks like the budget was you know mainly for the cartoons but i'm assuming they had to stretch as far as they could go um yeah yeah uh do we sorry i did not mean to pull the momentum <laughs> out of that but yeah i i probably just assumed that they couldn't pay them uh i i'm assuming a lot of the cameo stuff was probably a favor that they couldn't you know make they didn't have the financial incentive to become a part of the episode as a whole. Yeah, um, like, like Sesame Street is, is dealing with such a bigger budget compared yeah. to... Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, like, I'm sure, you know... Listen, Bozo is a good friend of ours. We've had a lot of good friends on here, but it's like, imagine if you had to, like, if we had to film and do multiple takes of the podcast, like, do you think they would come on without being paid? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. We've managed to convince people to watch over like three, five hours of Family yeah. Guy a week. So that that is that, that you is know what? that's a good point. We could make Wonder Shows in two. Uh, yeah, keep Patreon or patrons. Uh, if we hit a thousand dollars, we'll make Wonder Shows in two. Uh, I'll, yeah, sure. We'll definitely do that. I'll play. All the, I'll be all the puppets. Uh, Andy could be Clarence. Andy's got a pretty Andy good can Clarence. Be Clarence. I, I, okay. I do. I, uh, other than that, um, do we want to? wrap up or yeah i think that's yeah. fine that we, we've covered this a lot All um right. awesome uh this has been those good old-fashioned values uh our this our fourth patron cast i think third or fourth yes yes uh we went from aqua teen to uh, alan gregory to alan gregory venture bros to venture this. brothers yeah. in this and yeah uh, if you have yeah, no, if you I, haven't I, listened to those those were very fun episodes uh we had those on for alan gregory I was a little disappointed uh, in this just because I was kind of hoping we'd get something a little spooky for October. Yeah. But, yeah no, I'm glad I got to watch this. I would have preferred this... to do something Halloween-y. But, I mean, maybe we can do, like, a like a bonus for something just fun like that. Uh, maybe. We'll anyway, see. Bozo, thank you so much for coming on. You were a super fun guest. I hope we didn't talk over thing. you too, too much. No, I, th- I thought I talked over you a lot. I felt terrible. Like, I, like there was, like, a few times I interrupted you. I, I want to kill myself. So I'm sorry for that. Bozo... 
you know you will never as much, as bad as you you think you are you'll never be as bad as me uh, that's <laughs> yeah we important thing to remember. i mean i am i think andy's a little bit worse than i am but we are we are the unit or we are the oh god what's a good twin group of twin fuck it we we're very good at interrupting people <laughs> we are the venus and serena williams of interrupting people on podcasts <laughs> yeah uh yeah but this was uh a bonus episode for uh those good old-fashioned values spencer should be back next week so if this one was a bit too disjointed for your liking uh sorry we'll fix it uh otherwise also, oh, um yeah. oh one more thing uh patrons uh by the time this airs uh sometime next week uh the poll will probably be up or you can submit suggest- suggestions for the next one. So look forward to that. Um, yeah. Rem- remember, yeah to, for sure. remember to vote. Remember, remember to vote. It's your most important civic duty. Uh, Voting <laughs> is the ultimate form of uh, expression. Yeah, if you do not, Americans. if you don't vote in the patron cast, you are why Trump will win a second term. Uh <laughs> no but uh thank you for listening to those good old-fashioned values uh thank you for coming on bozo and we will catch you next week or presumably in a couple next days time. yeah next time uh bye bye bye